You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 157th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt, the promoter of the Condo Fondo in Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> uh, and this is Spencer Howe in Boston, Massachusetts, where I don't have a fancy title. Yep. I'm sorry. The Condo, the Condo Fondo sounds like the greatest Grand Fondo of them all. How do you – like what would you do at the, grand, the Condo Fondo? Well, you get Froyo afterwards. That's pretty good. I'm in. Would, I'm listening. Okay. You definitely say YOLO. YOLO. All right. And it, are there a bunch of empty retail storefronts on the first floor of the uh, of the condo buildings? Yes, but they have um, they have artist renderings of a really hip restaurant that might be there at some point. Mm-hmm. All right. Do they have like some faux graffiti on the raw concrete walls leading to the elevator in the lobby? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, because it's a it's a it's a pretty new condo. It was just built in the last year or two. Are sure yeah, there real- isn't like one? retail spot that's occupied that looks kind of sad like lonely like maybe it's a uh you know a rock and roll themed bar or something uh there's like an off-market lululemon but it's kind of yeah it doesn't it doesn't be it doesn't get a lot of business in there Mm -hmm. well i i wish you luck with the condo fondo it's um, it's gonna be good we could literally you could ride anywhere in minneapolis and you could hit a condo so uh, we, we've got kind of limitless route options to constantly ride past condos on the fondos. Nice. That's good. That's, that's a, that's an important step. And, uh, you know, while you're doing the condo fondo and we'll, we'll, we'll learn more about some of the other, uh, riding that you've been doing to uh, train for that. Mm-hmm. I was able to, uh, get a ride in this weekend. I'm very happy to report that I did not get dropped or have to take a shortcut. So guys, the super rookie is back. Wow. No shortcuts. That's yeah. That's something. That's something new. That's totally – this is a different rookie than we've known uh, for the past 20 years or so. Yeah, this is – no excuses out there. That guy that guy would take any shortcut. That's going on I, your race resume. No shortcuts taken. I know. I'm, I'm back, wanna, guys. I'm, do you want to redo the intro so you can say, hey, this is Tim No Shortcuts Hayes in Orlando, Florida? <laughs> that might be the start. Now, you and I haven't been racing, but a uh, little guy – Papa, little guy up there in uh, in Minnesota has been uh, throwing down. Yeah, dead legs. Yeah, dead legs of Buck Hill, man. It hurt really bad. <laughs> um, it was Buck all right. Hill, Buck Hill mountain bike. Yeah, Buck Hill Thursday night mountain bike. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's like usual. Any, Buck Hill's great. Any, it's fun. Any fans or anything out there for you? This somebody, like, little guy. Somebody yelled some uh, Klein Corner encouragement to me. I didn't get to see who because it was right at the end, and I was all outside <laughs> and just dying. Um, now, were you on your client? I was on the client, and I have to say, and I don't know if this is just a product of being a, a dad now, but my back hurt a lot after that race. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I think cli- so. The Klein, uh, it's so is, rigid. You guys know it it's attitude? so light. It, no, it's well, it's a pulse two uh, comp. Okay. 
Well, the, the, you're not it's doing so yourself any favors by taking off that nice uh, Sid World Cup fork you had on there and replacing it with some goofy steel Nash bar, you know, rigid <laughs> fork. That your sister found and it was in your trunk for like a year. And then I was like, hey, what are you doing with that fork? <laughs> what um, are you doing with that one inch steerer? Yeah. <laughs> totally it, um, <laughs> no, it, it, it's a uh, bike's great going uphill. And mm-hmm. so they cut a lot of new sections this year because ah, they're like okay. replacing the grass and they put in those like alpine things. You know what? I, uh, alpine, the alpine slides. Yeah, yeah, they put in alpine slides at Buck Hill, right? For the summer, you know. So now you can't go. You guys know how they used to go up and then you kind of do the back and forth across. Yeah, you can't traverse yeah. the whole hill anymore. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, so we did the usual. You go in the back. You do the huge climb. You do the you do the you do the uh, single track and then you. You basically do like half half the climb back and forth traverse like five times. Okay. So, so they cut a whole. So there's switchbacks on the Buck Hill ski yes. mountain yes. bike race now. Okay. And those were there last year too, and those are awesome because are you... everyone's a mountain biker. Yeah. And so they, it's weird. There's are things that going, I get dropped. Are these going on. up or down? Down. Okay. Down, right. like so. The, so there's it's weird things. There's a lot of things I get dropped on because I'm not a good mountain biker. But those switchbacks are totally just straight up a cross course. You take your foot out, you lean the bike, it's kind of sandy, and you just f- let it go. And all these mountain bikers are like whooping me everywhere else. And we get up to that, and it's like that's my spot, man, because they're all <laughs> like they're all like trying to like do it without taking a foot off, you know, because it'd be embarrassing. And I'm just like foot out, lean the bike, bomb it, catch back on. And then mm. I get dropped again because it's so bumpy and my client is so rigid <laughs> and not responsive that someone's just punching me in the back. And I was really at the end of it like, oh, man, I kind of need like a compliant carbon yeah, titanium. Yeah, it, it might be time. Now, it might, you know, it might be the vertical compliance and more or vertical the compliance. I think it's more stiffness. of the latter. I, th- yeah. I think it's more of the, um, the stiffness. Mm. Now, um, yeah. little guy, you may not have seen this, but uh, – a uh, friend of the podcast, Dan Craven, was at Sea Otter Europe. I saw and that. And all over Twitter this week, he was posting the pictures of the vint- weekend, posting the v- pictures of the vintage Kleins that he's come across with yeah, the I hashtag Klein Corner. So <laughs> thanks, Dan Craven, one. for uh, spreading the hashtag. Now, that hashtag, it's got a lot more uh, play right now than hashtag Greenway Stories from when I checked <laughs> um, last I week. I haven't but... been helping myself out with that one. Can you guys uh, help me? Yeah, we'll, we'll help you. And that's yeah. uh, Dan. Dan's making a pretty strong push to be the VP of uh, Klein Corner Industries. So hey, Dan's making I'll... a solid push to get back on the podcast before we have um, Mitch Docker on the show. I feel like it's a race. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you think he's having? Th- you um, know, you guys. I almost wore my Namibian national jersey today. Oh, uh, I went out on a ride, and I like. I was like, maybe I don't know. It feels like the day for it. I was just going out solo. I felt a little too jazzy to be solo. You know. But do you have any of those high-quality Namibian bris- biscuits to have in your pocket? I didn't have any rusks, rusk, so it would no. have been it wouldn't have been a you know the jersey doesn't fit right without the rusk. It's weird. It like I've, it's I've, like conforms hey. and there's like a weird shape there, and you need the rusk to like fill out the jersey properly. Yeah, I've had the rusks in my Amazon cart for like months now, <laughs> along with the tea that Dan recommended that you have to have with the rusks. And I'm just like, I don't know why I haven't pulled the trigger, but well, it's because it's, it's not on Prime. You're just waiting to get that that bill up so you get the free shipping. But uh, oh man, hey guys, you pull the trigger before I come out there in July, and so we can we can yeah. sip this fabulous oh, uh, Namibian I, tea. I might and, have and to come up rusks. for that. I don't know if I'll okay. be busy, but I might I have think to come so. up. Um, 
Robert, uh, before we get into the show, Robert Silva sent us an email. Um, for guy, It says, Jiro Recap, for guys who supposedly love racing, you seem to spend a lot of time hating on so much of it. Grand Tour is too long, boring, hate TTs. I wonder if any of you listen to the Velo News podcast or the Cycling Podcast. Keep trying, yeah. boys. Robert, sent from my iPhone. So, Robert, thank <laughs> you for sending the email. I do want to – I like that you did send that email from your iPhone. That means that you were really enjoying the podcast when you sent that, uh, that nice uh, email to us. We do love um, Grand Tours. We just think that they're boring more often than not until they well, really start to pick up. Yeah, they've hit kind of a, a formula, and I would say they hit this probably mm, 20 to 25 years ago, maybe even more, maybe 30 years ago, that you've kind of, you know, you learn to uh, sort of wait for the same sort of instances to happen, and the only thing to change it up is a mechanical and, or some sort of crazy crash. Well, I do want to, like, he does point out that you guys hate TTs, and we'll get to it a little bit here when we talk about the Hammer series. Oh, I but love yeah, them now. we pretty much hate them. time trials. So, no, they're awesome now. Well, no, that, and I think little guy went on and on last week about how much uh, the Giro TT changes changed his tune a yeah. little bit. So, yeah, 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 yeah I, you're I, right. I you're right. That. My bad. I did. I did read that email when it came in, and uh, and I thought, oh, yeah, you know, maybe we are a little negative. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, I don't want to be a negative Nancy. And then then I listened to the episode, and you know, honestly. Th- there was a lot, a lot of positive talk uh, in throughout that whole episode, and uh, you know, maybe maybe give it another listen with some with some open ears, and uh, you know, see, well, see I would recommend you listen to, to us at one and a half to two two times speed. Yeah, um, we we really pick up the. Uh... Well, a big and a big part of uh, what I what I in uh, in in particular was gushing about was the Hammer series that just wrapped up today. Well. We are 10 minutes in. I can't believe we've waited that long. We're going to talk about the Hammer Series here. The Hammer Series is the Velon-produced professional bike race over three days, Velon being the incorporated business of about 10 pro tour cycling teams. This three-day race was all about the team over the individual. The first day on Friday was a uh, kind of a climb. It was called the Hammer Climb. It was a Mm seven-kilometer circuit race with a climb at the top, basically a points race. Every time yep. around, you get points if, for the top 10. Saturday was the sprint stage, where every time across the finish line, you had a, a sprint. And then the final um, today was the team time trial pursuit, mm-hmm. almost like a fox and the hound. So if you were in the uh, the front, you, or if you were in first place, you got the head start um, with your bonus seconds. And there's a lot to discuss. It was free, held over. Um, you could watch it on either YouTube or Facebook Live and see the yep. coverage. I got to watch the uh, Declan Murphy and Robbie McEwen broadcast, but I know GCN also was doing a live what's, cast of it. What's important about that to note is that it's still on the Facebook Live. Like You can go to their page, yeah. and if you missed it, you can watch a high-def feed right now of this race and, and see what everybody's no. talking about. Um, I'll call you guys back in about, what, three six, hours, you think? Six hours worth of <laughs> racing. Six hours? Anyway. All right. Yeah. And, um, so this whole race that, you know, Velon, so much of what we know about Velon going into this is all of the on-the-bike cameras, right? And the yeah. cameras in the car. So they're trying to make it as F1 as possible. So I think right away we should get into – I feel that this this event has a ton of potential this could be a great weekend of watching a couple times a year. I thought it was fantastic well, the way it was set on. up, but let's, let's man, there are some ways to go. Who who won? Well, yeah, let's talk about that first. 
Okay. Team yeah. Sky. What, what happened? Team Sky. Te- okay. Team Sky won so they today on the. F- because no, the they did not dominate. The they win the Tour Team of France. S- Team Sky won today in the team time trial with a sprint against Team Sunweb Pro Job in the. Uh, Wait, wait, wait. Uh, you said you said time trial, and then you said sprint, so I don't understand what's going on. Well, I don't think anyone really understood what was going on. This is what you're getting at. They sprinted against each good. other because apparently in the final 400 meters, the drafting rules of a team time trial go out the window. And uh, But Team Sky had a 35-second head start after the first two stages because of their bonus seconds that they had from their the time, places. Yeah, they accumulated on the first stage. Okay, so this sounds like a mini... <laughs> A mini stage race, kind of an omnium, if you will, right? Yeah, omnium. I would say that the closest thing this represented was like a it was a night at the track with two different types of like race styles, and then you had the team pursuit, which is like a handicap race. Yep. So the first day, we're really burying the lead. We're 13 yeah. minutes in this podcast, and we haven't talked about the rediscovery of Carlos Betancourt, who went. On the rampage on Hammer Climb on Friday, which was the climbing race, every time across the finish line, and he dominated. You know where he started. To the point that people on the internet thought maybe he had a motor in his bike because he looked (laughs) that fast going up the climb. It was amazing. Well, see, and that's Uh. what makes this race exciting is it was not a Grand Tour stage. You know, you didn't wait 80K before the last climb and everybody's ready to go. Like, he had to smash out this climb as hard as he could. Over and over. It was like hill repeats. Oh, oh, and you know yeah. who's repeats. apparently been doing his hill repeats? Is Carlos fucking Benicor, the gummy wait. bear. And then you start out, Daniel Oss took the first sprint. Like, they went from the gun yep. right away, and he took the first sprint. And then you had Betancourt. Now, here's where the problem started to happen when you were watching live, is that they were... Um, the points, if you win the... If you go across the finish line first, you'd get 10 points. If you got second, you got like 8.2 so all of a sure. sudden there was these weird decimal points, and so it wasn't very easy to follow from like a perspective of like Could, who's got what points, who's behind where, and they also weren't doing a live like um, race recap or results stream. Like they were at, they were I telling saw you that. Like, oh. they they put the results up after every lap. Yeah, but I want the scrolling okay, results okay, okay, like okay. F one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we, I want that. If, if they can do that in NASCAR, event, Tim, this is a first it, year event. Okay, but here's the thing, Spencer. Uh-huh. If this entire event was born in a boardroom of Velon, right? And they're all about, we're uh-huh. going to revolutionize cycling. We're going to yep. have GoPros. We're going to have yep. car in-camera video. Yep, they did. How the heck do you not have the simplistic results, live feed on your screen when you're watching? If they can do it in NASCAR at 220 miles an hour... Then um, I think that they can do or F one. How much? Sorry? Let me let me ask you one quick question. I'll just interrupt you just briefly. What do they charge for F one tickets? They to, I watch it spectate? for free on my television because no, I don't spectate? have to go to Facebook Live. How, how did you spectate it, Spencer? It's like they. It's I think, like they, I have think the they high make school. some income, is what I'm saying, and they can afford to do these things. And no, maybe Velan will get there. Maybe they won't, Spencer. But they put up results after every lap, and I, I'm sure. kind of over everybody bitching about that having no. well, well, results immediately. <laughs> put on your seatbelt. Put on your seatbelt because I'm not done yet. Because here's the thing: oh. it felt we, like I was watching the high school AV club produce this event. Like oh, they would go man. to the inside the team car, and then it would be like just a guy grabbing the mic, like very like. Spice it up a little bit, guys. Like, tell the team directors, go nuts. Bring Mark Mattiat of FDJ so he can go nuts on every single lap. Okay. It so was, hang on. wasn't exciting. Uh, here, I got one more thing. I just got to interrupt. Just a second. Just one thing. 
and, and what other race have you seen where they cut to live, unedited footage of what's going on in the car? Have you ever seen that before? No. In bike yes. racing? Okay. All right. So, so it's never happened before, but then when it happened, it's not good enough? No, I'm saying like they they didn't live it up. They didn't ham it up. <laughs> they didn't I, script well, it for you. They're not. Spencer, the entire point of this yeah. event was to get you inside the Yeah. Like I wanted to be the race I director. I wanted the race director to be sitting there, the team director going like, "Okay, we're down 7.86 points and we need exactly, <laughs> you know, there's three sprints left and there's a double point on four. Like I I need someone to give me the map. Did you see when well, they cut to the BMC car and they were like, "Oh yeah, us just needs to stay up there, you know, and get a couple more points and we'll be good. And they they weren't talking on the microphone. They were talking to each other. And then they looked at the the footage on the on the feed and they were like, oh, never mind. He got dropped. <laughs> and it was There's, super funny. And little guy, what was your experience of the hammer climb on Friday? <laughs> My experience was being at work and you calling me what, what every lap was 10, 10K. So every 10K. You called me and said, Carlos Bengor! And I was like, no way. <laughs> you're like, Tim, I'm so, working. And then <laughs> I, the, seriously, when you yeah. call me with things like that, I assume you're lying the first time. The second time, yeah. I'm like, well, it's commitment to a joke. It's really committing <laughs> to the bit. Third time, I'm like, all right, you're getting annoying. I think the third time I answered the phone and said, you know, I think I cursed at you and told you yes, I'm busy. You and then, the fourth, like, the fourth time the, went to voicemail. Yeah. And then the fifth <laughs> time, I think I was like, did he really win that many sprints? Um. <laughs> and at the sixth time, he was in the drops going up the mountain like a cannon shot him out to win the stage. So, yeah, that's I, my experience. I, I think we're getting well into the weeds here about uh, whether or not the production value was pristine or not. But it's what not I like want to talk about good. here for a second is the racing itself. Yeah, like, sure, there could be things that could improve. Sure, they might change the course. Sure, whatever. The points, decimals, who cares? Like, I don't care about any of that. I could follow it fine. I'm a cycling fan. It was not complicated. Um, what I am interested in is, did it make for good TV? Did yes, it, you know, it was like, great. <laughs> and that's that's what I think too. Is like, I it's... actually cared about every single time they went up that hill on the on on the hammer climb stage. Like every seven k, these dudes were sprinting up the hill, and there were different breakaways going. And I was like, holy shit, Nippo Fantini is up there. What are they doing? Like. And they finished, like, third on the stage or something? Like, it was crazy. Well, there was, yeah. And then there was the whole part that... So each team had seven that they could bring in race. And then yeah. the team director ha- could only select five. So you only have five-person teams here yeah, and 16 teams. Yeah, nobody could dominate. It was awesome. So, it was like so a cat four it was, race. It was but with dudes who knew what they were doing. It was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so, it's so exciting. That's why I was getting frustrated on the decimals because you're like man this is great because i would be reading on twitter and everyone would be like i don't understand what's going on you're like no it's very simple what's going on here it's a great points race on the track but they're going up a climb or they're sprinting i'd break it down even further i'd say anybody who's confused as to what's going on i'd say it's very simple it's a fucking awesome bike race just watch it like (laughs) just just absorb it who cares what the actual points are like they're gonna tell you who's in first and second overall like it's the teams you know like Every lap, they'll they'll update you. What about like, um, what do you need to know, man? Like, just get how, excited. How about Tom Dumoulin? They, they like they raced at the Tom Dumoulin bike park, where <laughs> the the courses were going out around like where they have their circuit where they do crit training, and then there's like yeah. a ribbon of road where it's cobbles. It was pretty amazing. Day two was the sprint stage. What I want to say is UAE Team Emirates was out there, little guy, 
And the UAE national champion was off the front, like, getting points. And I, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the UAE national champion there because he's wearing the national champ kit, even though it looks just like the um, <laughs> the team kit. It's a, mm-hmm. I believe it's Yusuf Mohamed Mirza, who was okay. off the front. And it was awesome to see, like, these kind of second-tier continental teams mixing in and out. Like, yeah. Gobbling up points or trying to get in the break. I thought the sprint stage was great, even though um, lots of crashes caused a lot of damage on some of the protected team sprinters. I think that the Hammer Series won the weekend, even though Daphne started. Like more people were talking about the Hammer Series than yeah. any of these other races. Yeah. Do you do you think they stole the format for the first day because one of them had been to Opus once? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. I mean, it's. I mean, Opus stole that from. A points race on the track, so really, I don't yeah. think they. Now, do so, you think Carlos Betancourt had seen Doug race Opus back in the day, and he's like, "That's what I'm going to do." Probably. So, so okay. the smart. The, I want to get back. I'm going to circle on yeah. back to to the gummy bear because what he did was <sighs> surgical. It was, it was incredible. He waited. He sat. He made the front group, and he kind of sat back. And on laps three, seven, and eleven, I believe, were double points laps. So he started his charge on the first double points lap. Bam, smashed it. Like, Movie Star was like, you know, I had a couple of points, whatever. And everybody else's BMC was like, the announcers were freaking out about BMC and how many points they had. And then the Gummy Bear just took it all back. Like, <laughs> in two laps, he he won three or four laps in a row. A couple of, you got a 20-point lap and then a bunch of 10-point laps. And it was, it was he thought about it, you know, and he, he decided what he was going to do and everybody else seemed to be trying to figure it out as they went. And it was, it made for super exciting racing. Like I had to pay attention. Like I'm used to turning on a bike race and then getting up and making some coffee and coming back and be like, Oh, okay. Same thing's happening. And then leaving him, you know, making some toast and coming back. And this, I had to sit there glued to the fucking TV and being like, Holy shit, what's happening? Like, Oh my God, they're sprinting again. Oh, gummy bear. did it again. And then it was awesome. Saturday was the sprint stage. Uh, Trek mm-hmm. Segafredo uh, cleaned up there. They, and they, were, they missed out on points completely in the climb yeah. stage. So they were yeah. like, shit, we need to get back in the game. Like a well, lot of teams the, missed out. And Yeah, and then so you had the team, and then that's where like Nepo, uh, Vina Frantini like, did pretty well. You have lots of teams being involved here. To get into the fi- of the sixteen teams, the top eight were group uh, were grouped together, and the bottom eight were grouped together. So the top eight so teams a, were going a rep for a charge place group and one- a, and a what, yeah, champ so, group or whatever. So the champion group was going for first through eighth, and they were started at uh, time splits. And lo- uh, Team Sunweb was thirty one seconds down on Team Sky for the final stage. Sunweb brings back Team Sky. Eventually, as we were saying earlier, there's a team sprint. There's like a sprint in the team time trial where they're drafting each other to get to the the fourth wheel across the line. This is where it kind of got a little crazy in the controversy. And the commissaries weren't exactly doing their best because it got to a point where the team time trial, there was a group of like six teams in places three through eight or whatever. So five teams all on top of each other. All drafting, no one yeah. was moving over. It was yeah, a, but it was the awesome. Rules, <laughs> it was it was great, but the rules as they're written were saying there's no drafting. You need to move over a lane. Well, the problem was the lane wasn't eight lanes wide. It was only yeah, like two yeah. lanes wide. Yeah. So I would make the suggestion that they should just run this like a handicap race at the track, 
where you can draft once you catch up to the team in front of you, yeah. right? Like the little guy special race where it's like, oh, he can get up to the next next guy and draft before he gets the next, and then the leader is out there all by themselves. That that mm-hmm. may, would make a little bit better racing, I think. I, I I thought they should maybe just do it on road bikes and, and yeah, that's say, hey, if you form a pack, you form a pack, whatever. Yeah, because I, I was kind of thinking the same thing. The yep. Cool, because it's kind of – I don't know if, yeah, after this, I can see some of the riders being like, I don't want to do a, a, a road race pack sprint finish on a TT bike ever again. You know, I can see all the riders being like, let's just do this stock on road bikes. Yeah, and start yeah. out at the time gaps, and if it becomes a race, it becomes a race, you know? Still for so, the rider. A couple of things came in on Twitter first off. It was blowing up. People were confused. The old guard, like Paul Sherwin, was out there like, oh, this is like ridiculous because like, he was just putting up photos of the team time trial drafting. So I was trying to like troll Paul Sherwin a little bit on the uh, the Twitter account. And I was like, oh, man, can you imagine if you were calling this race? Like I was trying to have him say something like, yeah, it would be horrible. And I'd be like, yeah, how would you even get the names right? You know, like I was like I was like starting to like have some fun. And he just wrote back with just another uh, picture of like the team time trial train michael creed yeah. was saying that it was the most exciting team time trial he's ever watched i was shocked i was watching a team time trial that it like i was glued to the screen for 50k it was amazing yeah. to see yeah. how it was going down um you know add some graphics be a little bit better but the other one bmc when they were doing they were in group two so they didn't get enough points on the first two days to be they were battling for ninth place yeah they had four punctures all within maybe a kilometer of each other. So their team was doing quite well in the lead of that second group. And then Daniel Oss got a puncture and they swapped the bike. And then like three more guys got punctures a little bit later. Huh. It was pretty insane. Like did they rot? And then Derek Lewis hits us up and says like, Hey, do you know why it's called the hammer series? No. Why? Nails. Uh. <laughs> Okay. Uh, it was way better on the text message. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jokes <laughs> usually come off better on text messages. Anyway, I'm all in on the Hammer Series, guys. Yeah. I think it's I'm, great. I'm, I'm all in as well. I thought I thought the complaints that it was complicated are, are valid, but at the same time, like, that's only it's not rocket you're, science. Yeah. That's only if you're looking at all the data. Like, if you're just watching awesome bike racing and seeing who sprints the line first, like, it's awesome. Like, you did not need to know anything about bike racing to enjoy it. And if you did, you could really dig into those numbers and, and get nerdy that's, on it, you know? like There's so much here that this can be great. What I would love about the Hammer Series, and uh, Jonathan Vodders retweeted this, think about the Hammer Series in, like, Philly on the Mayanook Wall. Right, you could yeah. do the climb stage on like the Saturday at Maynook Wall. Do the team yep. time trial somewhere. That would be a great event. That, very exciting. That, it, yeah. There are a lot of legs here. It can be easily followed. They need to refine it a little bit. My number one suggestion: get rid of the decimals and give me a live screen, a live stream of the results. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm fine with the decimals, but I think you're. I think you uh, touched on something very important there. That this is repeatable and it is scalable. And it can be redone anywhere. And you know what can't be? The Tour de France. You know? Like, we can't have a Tour de France in the U.S. as much as the Tour of California so, is getting close. It, we can't have it. You know what I mean? No, no, but no. We you're, can't you're right have there. a Hammer series. You but know? can we talk a little bit about the um, Tour de France, though? How about that points race in the Tour de France? 
Whole numbers, whole integers, or do they have decimal points? <laughs> no, they're French, so they use commas instead of decimal. It, it's all weird. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. So anyways, the Hammer Series, you should uh, definitely check it out. Go to their Facebook page or their Twitter account. They have the. You can still watch it. So you can go to stage one, bring it up, and you can see what Betancourt, the clinic. I highly recommend, this is a super rookie guarantee, the team time trial, the final 15K between... Sunweb Giant and uh, Team Sky is great television. Like to see the tactics and about where Team Sky attacks to take the lead into the final turn and how Sunweb tried to pass them and drop uh, Team Sky. Like, and then the uh, how that uh, Welshman Tau Gagan Hart of uh, Team Sky like had to be the fourth one across the line, and he was doing all he could to be that fourth. It was great, great watching. I was getting excited. All on time trial bikes. Yeah. Yeah. That, Amazing. That made it way Amazing. better. Well, <laughs> everyone was on time trial bikes except Team Bahrain and Marita, who had their time trial bikes stolen at the start, so they were on their road bikes Ugh. with clip-ons. Oh, yeah. I forgot about and, that. Uh, well, guys, we just we just nailed everything uh, in that coffin. Let's, uh, Jesus. let's move on to the uh, preem lap before we get back to the show. All right. Let's, let's do it. Slow Ride Podcast. Matthew Brechel, uh, think of Saxon. I'm Lauren Stevens, and I'm here at the World Championship Road Race. This is Liam from Podium Insight. It's Rasan Bahadi. I'm Alex Dowser, and normally I'm racing for Movie Star. Here I'm racing for Team GB. You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, well, the Hammer Series isn't the only thing we're racing for. And all the excitement mm. in the cycling world. Of course, we're talking once again about Health IQ, supporting the, the podcast, healthiq.com slash slowride. Learn how you can save money on your life insurance by being a healthy individual. Great stuff. You've seen the banner ads. Ride 50 miles a week. Hey, now you can save money on your uh, cycling and life That's insurance. True. That's true. And special rates for cyclists, runners, triathletes, vegans, and other health-conscious people. Um qualify uh by scoring elite on one of the quizzes for whichever uh specific uh lifestyle you think you might be best at if it's vegan you know go that way you know you'll still save money if it's cyclist, pretty good vegan yeah 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 you could you could probably uh do the cyclist one or the vegan one little guy uh but you'd probably fail the triathlete one so choose wisely <laughs> yeah um, that's not a bad thing little guy it's okay we still support you thanks, yeah thanks. yeah so, yeah, like, like Tim said, the, the podcast is supported by Health IQ. Um, they support us. They support the network. Um, they're a life insurance company. They celebrate the health conscious, including cyclists. Um, so check them out, healthiq.com slash slow ride to learn some more and get a free quote. Um, you can check out their FAQ page if uh, what our gibberish doesn't make sense to you and get some questions answered. So check them out. We'd appreciate it. And we'd also like to thank the subscribers, supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Go to WideAnglePodium.com to learn more. There's a whole entire family of cycling-based podcasts there, including mm-hmm. Consummate Athlete. We got to hang out. We also have Crosshairs Radio, which I know is being recorded right now on some in-depth mountain bike coverage from the first two World Cups we're going to touch on in a little bit. So once again, go to uh, WideAnglePodium.com. 
We are also the home of newly crowned national champion Adam Meyerson, who I'm sure is going to tell everybody about it on the Meyerson line. Oh, did he? Uh, to find out more at the yeah. WideAnglePodium.com, oh. where you can become a member and get some of the um, extra bonus coverage, including Klein Corner and a special project that Spencer's working on. So one last bit of exciting news we have uh, this week here at the Slow Ride Podcast is the fact that the Wide Angle Podium is officially sponsoring a uh, a crit coming up here in New England. Uh, so if you're in the area or can get to the area, uh, I would suggest checking out the Greenfield Crit <laughs> in Greenfield, Massachusetts. Uh, coming up here just in a couple weeks in June. Uh, so jump on over to Bike Ridge and check that out. We are sponsoring the Slow Ride Podcast Wide Angle Podium uh, interview preems. So you might be sprinting uh, for a preem that's going to net you a post-race interview that will be on this very show, the Slow Ride Podcast. So that'll be fun. Uh, we're going to get deep <laughs> into some uh, Cat 4 tactics, some so junior good. race tactics, whatever is out there. I don't know where the preems are going to be. I don't know oh, who uh, we're going to be talking to, but... We'll have our embedded, uh, intrepid, uh, excellent reporter uh, there on the ground, Luke Warm, <laughs> to conduct some interviews with some pre lap winners. So that is very exciting. And that race pays out equally to the elite men and the elite women and is a race worth supporting, not like some other ones we've heard about. So we are super proud to be involved. So go check it out if you can. So check it out. Well, let's just bury the lead there with Meyerson, and we'll get back to it on the uh, around the bend. This is Sarah Groff, U.S. Olympian, and this is the Slow Ride Podcast. So... As you guys know, the Masters National Championship is going on right now. The big news to come across the internet was that Adam Meyerson has taken the national title in the 45-plus to 49 road category. So congrats to Adam Meyerson, one of the friends of the podcast, guests of the podcast. Pretty good for him. Very excited for him to to, to win the Stars and Stripes. I believe his first one on the road, he did win the uh, Cyclocross National Championships Collegiate. And then also, did he win this past year? You won Masters, yeah. yeah. So good for uh, good for you, Adam. We're uh, very proud of you. That's some yeah, good dad you guys legs. Can, yeah, definitely the dad legs, uh, as little guy is, is well aware of from his racing experience this last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, you can check back uh, to our interview episode with Adam way back in the archives if you want to hear all the tips that we gave him about how to win that race. Uh, so, Other news going on. Uh, there was a World Cup today in the uh, United States. Uh, did you guys know this? Nope. I There's didn't because I only know about World Cups that Vanderpool's at. So. The UCI Eliminator World Cup in Columbus, Georgia. Now, most of you know Columbus, what? Georgia, because that's the home of the uh, the School of the Americas and where there's the big base, Fort Benning. And that's where uh, they also do yep. the Eliminator World Cup, first time ever. And I believe Crosshairs Radio had a correspondent there, Elliot Caldwell, who also sent us an email this past week. And he said, oh, oh um, he said, hey, dudes, long-time listener, first-time emailer. Bit surprised you all don't know about Joey Roscoff, so I'll help you fill in the gaps. He's originally from Decatur, Georgia, just outside of Atlanta. And um, mm-hmm. 
basically he lives in Athens and now he's a uh, you know cyclist for the BMC team. He got his start in the uh, with um, Novo or Holowesco Citadel and then uh, Novo Nordisk. So you know, basically racer out of Georgia. Elliot's a big fan of him, and uh, there you have it. Cool. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see some more of them. And the other big news that uh, the radio guys are definitely covering, and probably my favorite thing on the mountain bike scene, is the UCI World Cup coverage on RedBull.tv of Matthew Vanderpool. And in the second World Cup, where they're, the announcer's are like, well, we don't know much about him. He's a young gun, but I'm going to pick him to finish high on the podium. And, of course, he did get second place out there in Germany. And crushed and, it. Uh, crushed it it was exciting yeah. now my fear is how long will he be racing mountain bikes well, because little guy he's also tearing it up on the road yeah he won the this past weekend he won the it's french i'm gonna mess this up boucles de la mayenne he it was a three-stage race he won two of the <laughs> stages okay okay if ever you need to pronounce something french just pronounce it like it's a question at the end and, and it <laughs> should be fine no that's so how it works it. that's yeah. they're they're a confused people yeah. Uh, the first day of the stage race, he got second place. The second day, he won, and the third day, he won. So surprisingly, oh. he won the GC as well. What the hell? He's a machine. Anyone a tour of Belgian stage? While we were out too busy watching the Giro to pay attention to the Tour of Belgium, which I went back and watched a bunch of the highlights, we really should have been paying attention to the Tour of Belgium. It looked <laughs> awesome. There's there is so much to talk about here. Like watching the the mountain biking, we've talked about how much we enjoy it. If you want to get more in depth coverage, definitely check out Crosshairs Radio because they've been spending a lot of time on the whole mountain bike series. Yeah. But the yeah. best part was when the announcers were like not really knowing who Matthew Vanderpool was on the at the first round of the World Cup in the Czech Republic, and then they go to Germany and they kind of knew who he was a little bit more. Like they were like, oh, we should watch out for this guy. And then it was a very like. At the end of the sentence, after they both drank water and they had moved on to the def- next topic, they're like, oh, he's also the Psychocross world champion. And then they, like, yeah. moved on? Like, yeah. it was like, that didn't really <laughs> partake well, in the discussion. And is, is he was also a junior world world champion? I mean, he's he's been almost an everything world champion, and it seems like he's probably going to be an everything world champion. But, the, yeah, he, they seemed confused about him, which was confusing to me it was like are these guys cycling fans at all like how do they not know who this guy is you know like and then he's immediately on the front crushing it taking it to the world champion um it was it was great i love so who's gonna be at the end 15 (laughs) years from now little guy who's gonna be the more influential dutch cyclist dumoulin yeah kreiswick or matthew vanderpool it's not kreiswick it's gonna be vanderpool because the way so? the way he's riding on the road, I mean, there's so that Tour of Belgium stuff was ridiculous. He beat Gilbert in a sprint, right? Okay, that's nuts. Gilbert's been on a tear this year. Yeah, when he won that sprint, the best part was that he followed Walt Van Aert's attack, which he's like, I know this. This happens <laughs> all the time. I this is what I do all winter. This dude yeah. attacks. He's super strong, but if I'm here, it's not gonna happen. And he just followed it. Gunned it, and you can see Gilbert kind of being like, "Should I follow these wheels?" And then being like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! I should have." Uh, yeah. Gone. It's like, who are these so, kids? Oh fuck! Oh, these kids are really good. These kids just so destroyed you, everybody. You still think he'll be like more influential in Dutch cycling than Dumoulin? 
Yeah, because he's I, he's going to win more cyclocross world okay. championships. He's going to win a world championship on the mountain bike. Like he's only just dipping his toe in, and he's already crushing it. He's so you don't going to win a world the, championship on the road. You don't think ah. he'll. Um, you that's don't think big, he'll – you think he's got, like, the bug where he's, like, I'm just going to redo a bunch of, like, every type of bike racing I'm going to do? You don't think he's going to stop Tim, at Tim, some point Tim, and specialize Tim, 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 on one Tim, thing? Tim. I don't know. Little guy just said Vanderpool's going to win a road world championship, <laughs> and you just, like, were like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I think he will. Like, I can't believe you're calling that shot. This is his off season. Like, I mean, remember that he raced all winter full mm-hmm. on – and then what took off like a month and a half or something, and then now he's now he's like so now he's now he's the is next he going to race cyclocross that much this coming season though? I, like see, I don't know. I'm on. a little worried because he's obviously on some amazing form right now because he just shows up to things and wins. That's the so what I'm getting at though is that I don't. Are they going to be like, hey, the money's in the road. You're concentrating on the road. Think of all the cyclists that we've seen this happen to. Think about how excited we are when Stybar shows up to two cyclocross races in a season. You're yeah. like, Stybar's back. And, you know, Vanderpool's probably going to win Paris-Roubaix before Stybar does. <laughs> like, yeah, rate. probably. Yeah. Probably, unfortunately, for Stybar, Do you want to feel real old, little guy? Vanderpool, yeah. born in 1995. No, I know. He's a little baby. Um, I don't know, man. He just seems to, he seems to be able to win at will almost, you know? I so, don't know. Um, I'm just. Tweeted, I'm excited for this. I hope he keeps doing this, where he just like. Just I tweeted stuff about this. You. Check out Crosshair's YouTube channel. Bill had a, Bill was at the first World Cup mountain bike World Cup. I believe it was Novo um, Mostro or whatever in the Czech Republic, and he went through the uh, the team van area, like where all the team uh, people were. And Vanderpool was just sitting on the side of the the team camper with no one talking to him, and Bill's like. This is the first time I had ever seen Matthew Vanderpool without a bunch of cameras around him. So he was able to go up and just get like a solid interview. And it's pretty good uh, viewing. So check that out uh, with our uh, wide angle podium partner, uh, Crosshairs Radio. Good stuff. You heard it here first. All hail the future world champion, Matthew Vanderpool, um, who has also been tearing it up on the mountain bike. Go check it out. And uh, Spencer, uh, you and I were uh, talking about this a little bit before a little guy came on about um, some. Good old-fashioned road race cycling promotion. Um, the big story down here in, in uh, sorry, Florida is the old, uh, hey, you guys better pre-register at this number. I'm going to cancel the race. Ooh, and, and the Yeah, kind of the old blackmail run. And, and I'm not a big fan of that because I'm a, I'm a big proponent <laughs> of something called promotion. And yeah. rather – like just because you're putting on an event doesn't mean that there therefore you should assume everyone that does race bikes is going to come race. You need no, to No man, like... we we have all seen <laughs> Field of Dreams and we know that if we put out a race everyone's going to show up. That's They're right. Totally. Come out of the corn totally. It's like there's something about the good old-fashioned race promotion that I'm a big fan of and one of the worst tactics of race promotion in my opinion is just to say, "Hey, you better pre-register or I'm going to cancel the entire event." And then the you know, this promoter has put on a lot of great races that I've raced. It's been around for a long time. Numbers are down, but the rationale is the numbers are down, and I don't know why they're down because I'm offering even an increased prize list in the same amount of categories as I have as four years ago when numbers were way higher, to which my response is, 
yeah, but if numbers are declining for four straight years, maybe it's time to change some things up a little bit or yeah. maybe to think outside the box and not put a stage race on in the middle of June in Florida. Maybe. I don't know. Like it just the blackmail approach of we must be at this amount yeah. of pre-registrations before. And I understand why they want to do it to save money. But, man, I don't know if I like that tactic. I just think anybody that get, got into promoting bike races because they plan to make any money from it. It's just like, they're just crazy. They're just insane. Like, that's not, you should never <laughs> expect to have made any money when you're done, you know? Oh, I, I agree. Yeah. I'm a little, it was a little, man, like, I know bike racing is important here, and there's a lot of people that want to go race and set their weekends aside, and it's going to suck if the race is canceled. I also understand yeah. that the promoter doesn't want to lose their shirt, but you probably shouldn't get into the promotion game if you think you're going to make money. You and I, I mean, agree on that. Yeah, and that's, you know, circle back to the Hammer Series, man. Try something new. Try something different. Get people excited. I don't know. You know? Whatever. Yeah. So what but was uh, and you were talking like, about this up is there? A, well, this is a, a, a not a new topic, right? Like uh, exactly a year ago on this very show, I complained about a very similar thing uh, happening at a crit up here in New England in Connecticut called uh, like the Nutmeg something another crit. I don't care. It's some podunk-ass crit in Connecticut. But they did the same thing to the women's field specifically, where they were like, if we don't have 20 women or 25 women or whatever register, we're going to cancel your race. Or, you know, it was super stupid, and people were mad, and they wouldn't pay equal payouts. And uh, go back and listen to the episode for all those details. But it was a, it was a clown show of a race, but... This year, they changed their tune. And they, you know, uh, the New England Bike Racing Association has really been pushing equal payout in the elite fields uh, for the men and women. And they're trying to get all of the races to offer um, equal payout this year. And they're going to require it next year that if you want to put on a race and, you know, have anybody care about it and be on the calendar, you got to have equal payout. That is a thing that we are putting a stake in the ground about, right? Sounds good. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. So this this race, um, after all the dra- dramatics last year, uh, put out their flyer and had $750 men's elite payout and $750 women's elite payout. And everyone was like, holy shit, that's awesome. And a bunch of people that I know who had boycotted the race last year signed up right away because they were like, dude, if this dude came around, the least I could do is sign up for his race and support it, right? pretty cool that's a, that's, that's, a, that's yeah, how it's it works. A good, yeah you know like hey the guys come around a little bit the promoter's doing what we asked let's support it yep. good idea so so breaking news today as of this afternoon uh the women's elite field was to go off at 5 p.m um we're recording at 9 p.m so i don't have all the details but um apparently the elite women lined up the race promoter walked up to the front to do the instructions and said oh by the way I'm zeroing out the prize list for your race. There, it went from $750 to $0. There's no prize money for your race. Have fun. Can you do that? No. Okay. I mean, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean I yes. Was gonna say. <laughs> you can do whatever you want because what, are the USA Cycling Police Task Force going to come out and arrest you? Like, no, they're not. But, like, it's against the rules, yeah. If it's on your flyer, oh, you man, have to is do there it. an undercover, like, does USA Cycling have like one roving investigator that does come out and deal with things like this? If not, I want that job. 
Wow. You so, should apply. Spencer, <laughs> thanks for filling me in on this. I think I have an entire evening of Twitter uh, to, to get into because I've only heard rumors of the um, email lists that are up there, but the Twitter sphere <laughs> is already blowing up on this about this event. Yeah, it's lit. What a horrible move. Like, it's probably within the, the announcement. I think there's always a caveat on a race flyer that always says at the bottom, like, prize lists can be um, combined, right? Is, is that what he was doing? Like, no, he like, I want, zeroed it out. Caveat he canceled on the flyer? it. He canceled it. Um, Do we need to go to our boy at uh, USA Cycling, Derek Bouchard-Hall, and say, hey, what is up with this? Because that, that seems a little rude that on the start line you say, hey, thanks for coming out to the great race. It's awesome. Thanks for the support. Uh, oh, by the way, glad we, <laughs> canceled yeah, puzzles. Glad we could trick you all into coming out. Yeah. New England Bike Racing Association has put out a tweet uh, condemning this action, like very uh, sternly worded. They said, we've been made, made aware that the elite women's payout at the nutmeg crit was cut at the start line despite being advertised as equal. We do not support or condone this decision are investigating accordingly with the promoter as it violates both Nebra and USA Cycling policy. So they're on top of it. I don't know Good. what's going to happen to this dude, but if he ever promotes a race, uh, he should never be able to promote a race again. This is bullshit. The whole I thing's hope, bullshit. I hope some people just walked off and went and took their money out of the change box and left but yeah that's yeah that's what it so what an idiot. The, like why would you even the report from uh from my friend aaron uh she put up she said as someone who's been very outspoken about prior inequality at the nutmeg uh race i wanted to be the first to support the equal women's payout this year unfortunately on the start start line in the pouring rain we were told we'd be oh. racing for medals only in the in the rain too yeah <laughs> Wow, this guy is class act all around. Yep. She said, I am without words about that. I could go on about how classy my peers are. We raced hard and showed respect for each other and for the preparation that goes into racing at this level. And that's, wow. you know. Hey, friend of the podcast, Greg Colby, all over it. So just go to uh, G. Rolby's uh, <laughs> at Twitter. Um, yeah, he's going he's, nuts. Honest I can't wait to honest listen to the bicycle uh, program. Is going to have some honest words about this. I have, I feel the, the honest bicycle program. Check it out on Wide Angle Podium Network. Probably in the next mm, three hours because it's going <laughs> to yeah. be on fire. Colby, I can't wait to uh, to listen to the uh, show and and what you think about it. Um, that that's messed up. And you know, I I do want to say this. It is hard promoting a bike race. The, yeah, absolutely. You, I feel that once you promote a bike race. It allows you to be a little bit more outspoken on what you can and can't do at a bike race. Because there's nothing worse at a bike race than someone that's never promoted a bike race to come up to you and tell you what you're doing wrong yeah. and how to do it better, like we were earlier yeah. with the Hammer Series. But, <laughs> I, but you know, since we've promoted a couple of crits in our day and yeah, uh, cyclocross events, yeah, yeah, kind of the same thing as the Hammer Series. <laughs> Pretty you, much. You do, you do get the ability to you know critique. And I will say oh, yeah. this, that we have in the past, we promoted bike races that um, – they were not equal payout for the women, but they were advanced payout for like the top uh, – the women's like top three spaces we, we, were getting the same prize payout as the, the men's at the top. Yeah. We it went deeper deep. than most races locally at the time. Like most races went three deep. We went ten deep. We were doing – it was a precursor to most of this fight. But yeah, we were trying to push but, it in different ways, how we could but, and what we thought might be right. And we made plenty of mistakes. But we've like, made plenty. And if we would have promoted a race. to feedback. Exactly. Even five years ago, if we were putting and on we, a race, it would have been equal payout. Like it, oh, this yeah. is 
This is pretty we ridiculous. We certainly didn't fuck anyone over on the start line. Like, we've never done that. Yeah, that's true. That's pretty... This is this is pretty amazing stuff. So, hey, little I'm, guy, I'm pissed. If anybody knows this guy, feel free to go tell him I'm pissed, and I would like to kick him in the nuts. Yeah, what's his name? Can we publicly shame him? I mean, that's a small bit of our thing. Our yeah, I'm here. sure. I'm yeah, sure it's we Rick Comshaw. Apparently, according yeah. to yep. Greg Colby. So there you go. Go to hell, that's your Rick Comshaw. Well, I mean, that's kind of next step. I mean, yeah, kind of a no, dick. I, <laughs> kind of a dick move, hell. Rick. Um, yeah, hey, dude. No. That's, yeah, no, kind of a dick move. What the fuck are you thinking? Well, I'm just trying to think of a sweet segue off of this. Um, <laughs> no guy. Suck. Hey. Uh, any hashtag Greenway stories for us this week? Mm. Really crushing me here. <laughs> mm. if, they're not, if they're not coming to me uh, quickly, no. All right. No, sorry. I, I mean, I got, I got nothing. Hey, you know, it happens from time to time. Um, we did get, uh, once again, uh, Brian Hancock hit us up with another email inviting us out to the uh, Alma GP. And he's really talking about having us come out there to do the announcing where there's a pontoon boat. And I got to admit, I they got me, they caught my fancy a little bit. I'm like, cyclocross race, pontoon boat? I was really excited. I looked at the pontoon boat. It's not even in the water. It's a pontoon boat that's <laughs> on the ground. And then that's your stage. So okay. if you expect oh, okay. us to come to the Alma GP in Michigan, uh, Brian Hancock, which apparently is a good cyclocross race, that pontoon boat needs to be in some water. <laughs> so they have to you you expect them to either dredge a lake mm. or move venues at the minimum. I, One of those I two mean, at the minimum. Okay, I mean here's my I I haven't looked at any photos of this race or or like Google Earth did or whatever, but I imagine if there's a pontoon boat there. There might be water somewhere nearby. What he does do correctly <laughs> is that he does not allow podium bikes. So that's a that's a start. So these yes, are good things. That's very but, good. We haven't had to be on the podium bike like watch for a long we haven't had a good podium yeah, bike watch. That's true. I hadn't in a even while. thought about that. That was the first platform that this this podcast this was our, our first political statement we made was mm-hmm. against uh, podium bikes. And we really had to take it to task. I think we really shed light on the scourge. Yeah. And uh, and I know it still happens, but I feel like maybe the message has gotten out there. It must have, because, yeah, we really have not been getting those emails like we used to. You, you know what I've seen more and more lately that I think could be a, a new... Okay. I've seen a lot of backwards podiums. Yeah, just we the, talk, yeah the backward podium is very frustrating. Like... It's, the second and third it's place such on a the wrong small sides. thing, but like when they're backwards, it's I don't know. It's like we're just say, not paying attention. It happens enough now that when I look at the podium, now I'm going like, wait, is that backwards? And it's actually correct. It, like it's second going, place, it should go left to right, like two. Well, three, second place know, like, is always to the right hand of the winner. Like that's that's how it is, right? You know, right hand is more important than the left hand. That's like the whole like point, right? Well, the, not to me. If you're the mafioso, your number two is sitting there to the to your right, not to, not yeah. to your left. That's the secretary, vice president, always to the right. There you go. But regardless, okay. I'm with you. Backwards podium. I think you made it more complicated. Scourge. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> as you, as you're looking at the photo, left to right, it should go second and third, with you know obviously first in the middle. It's it's pretty simple math. 
Well, at least they got first in the middle. I mean, come on. If 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 you if <laughs> if any of our listeners end up at a race this coming weekend or any time in the future, and you see the podium is just set up wrong, like do do the good deed for the day and just switch those stools around or whatever. Like just you know. But but take a picture first so we can shame <laughs> the race. Yeah, because we, we once promoted yeah. a race like ten years ago, so therefore we can talk about what promoters yeah. are doing. Yeah. Um, I've seen pictures where they've to to get rid of the podium bikes in the front. They put like a banner in front of the podium, so like uh, there's no room for bikes to go. But I don't know if I like that. I, I think you got to have a podium that so you can see if they're wearing um, sandals with socks on. Um, see if they're still wearing their road <laughs> shoes. Crocs. Maybe they're an Uggs kind of person, and they're like, ah, oh, they're going to wear Uggs. Uh, podium right shoes are that. very important. Here's a question, yeah, Tim. it's did, true. Dewey ever wear Uggs to the podium? He did not. Dewey Dickey never wore Uggs because he only sold the finest, freshest, brand new Uggs oh. on eBay. He never wore them on the podium. That's true. You can't wear your product, otherwise you'll never make any money, right? That's right. It's like being uh, now, the importance of, of a good podium and podium shoes... Uh, Cannot be understated. That's true. That's true, but hmm. I'm going to take that, missing out on that, over having a podium bike there any day of the week, personally. Okay. Well, guys, anything else that you've got on your uh, docket, or are we going to call this one a, uh, a show? Well, yeah, I think we can probably wrap it up. All right. right. Well, probably call it a show. remember to uh, send in your uh, names. Uh, we, got, we did get one suggestion of bling. Uh, Hayes for the uh, the new baby that is on its way. So uh, that's an excellent suggestion. Yeah, I laughed out that loud. One. And uh, ah shit. <laughs> make sure you find us on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. You can also find us on Instagram at the Slow Ride Pod. And Wide Angle Podium is also on the uh, slow, uh, Instagram network and Twitter. So you can follow up on whatever new show is coming out. Lots of great guests across all the networks of the shows. You can find out more at thewideanglepodium.com. You can always mm-hmm. email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. And guys, I don't know if you two have noticed, we have been without a review for the last couple of weeks. So once again, we need another review to uh, really spice up the show. Um, I know Courier Dave in uh, Cleveland was telling us he's working on his one-star review to really get that going. So Why is it taking him so yeah. long? I don't know. He's well, working really hard on that yeah. one, yeah. That's probably the hardest he's ever worked. And um, <laughs> I'm sure he wants to remind us that uh, – Golden State lost a 3-1 series lead last uh, year as well. Yeah. And yeah, um, always, always, always wave at all your fellow cyclists, regardless of where in spandex or if they're sitting in a lawn chair as they're pedaling along the road. And, you know, um, I'm just going to – on my ride today, I got to say, we're at about 80% non-waves back. Um, you know, I waved at everybody. I got about 80% non-wavers back, like blank stares. So, New England, <laughs> step up. Let's go. You got, on my ride today, I saw Megan. Did she oh, wave? Yeah? Well, we kind of waved at each other, and I went by, and then when I turned back a little bit later, I was like, man, I feel like I know who that was. I got to look closer, and then I was like, yeah, it's Megan. Oh, Talk nice. Megan. It's always great to see um, cyclists out there on the road and have uh, conversations, and waving is so important to uh, to spark yeah. up that conversation. So now if you, yeah, if you had not waved back, she'd be like, who's that dick? Oh, that was yeah. Matt. always friendly matt yeah yeah he's as big a dick as that rick guy from connecticut with his (laughs) shitty race oh god (laughs) well dude old rick the dick yeah there we are and with that we'd like to thank everyone we bid you adieu oh wait 
BK1, Rhyme Series Entertainment, thank you for the intro and outro music. Nailed it. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePodcast.